Hi everyone, this is Matt Price, host of Dynasty Game Night. My co-host John Bosch and I created this podcast for one reason, to focus on fun. After all, fun is the reason we all started playing fantasy football in the first place. I love games of all sorts, card games, board games, video games, really any kind of game you can think of. So one day, John and I decided it was time for a podcast where we just play games. You might learn something along the way, but you won't find much hard-hitting analysis here. Check out all the other incredible podcasts DLF has to offer for that sort of thing. On Dynasty Game Night, our primary focus is to entertain. So if you like playing games or watching game shows, this might just be the podcast for you. We'd love for you to give it a listen and play along with the contestants and maybe even win a chance to be on the show. Chicken a crow, crossing the road, go. Clicking a poll, Twitter is gold, play run fold, so. Jake on the table and they on the play, so. Pete enumerates the plays, they're analytical. Picking my nose, don't really know if I like that. Picking their brains, got their lanes, but I like that. Picking these guys, all of these times, all of these nice stats. Picking apart, the film is an art, always a fight back and forth. There is no order, they disorder more and more because the players ain't no older. They some hoarders or some mortars, dropping bombs without no borders. They got that eye, I like mortar, peak grinding numbers like molars. I don't know anymore, I am at a crossroads. Chicken a crow, chicken a crow, crossing the road, go. Clicking a poll, Twitter is gold, player unfolds, so. Jake on the table and they on the place, though. Pete enumerates the plays, they're analytical. Chicken a crow, chicken a crow, crossing the road, go. Clicking a poll, Twitter is gold, play run fold, so. Jake on the table and they on the place, though. Pete enumerates the plays, they're analytical. Hello and welcome back to the Dynasty Crossroads. My name is Peter Howard at PA Howdy on Twitter. I'm usually joined by my co-host Jake Anderson at Jake Anderson FF on Twitter, but he's been unable to join us for a few weeks now due to life, the universe, and everything, or maybe his uh, desire to join a jazz band. Honestly, he's still a little unclear on that one. Um, but he should be back sometime during the regular season, we hope. In the meantime, life just got uh, a lot busier for me, not just because of the NFL season, but we got a little bit going on the home front right here so the show this week's going to be short sweet and i plan to do something a lot more in depth but it's just going to be a quick overview of a favorite hobby horse of mine we're doing a, a dynasty dummy the we're doing a dynasty dummies inspired podcast zero edit do it live let's get it out and have some fun so one of the things i'm trying to be known for at least, I guess, on Twitter is uh, posting that undrafted free agents matter. I get uh, some pushback from this re- more rarely than you'd think, frankly. Um, but every now and again, I do, especially people surprised that someone who considers themselves a numbers guy likes undrafted free agents, given the hit rate, given the difficulty of sorting through the vast quantity of undrafted free agents to find the few gems. But honestly, the research is part of why I love this game, it's part of why I love playing it, so the research is actually an attraction to me, and when I think about the amount of time we spend trying to delve into picks in the first round, or wide receivers to take in the top three, I mean, 
it's it's mostly the same old same old after the first couple of weeks and then as new people join and the season starts who haven't been listening in the off season we have the arguments again i mean there are literally people breaking down players college and high school tape to find out if they played on certain sides of the field i don't think it's not it's never felt like a burden to me to spend you know 10 minutes for every three hours we spend on a first round pick to just take a quick look at undrafted free agents see which ones were productive which ones are getting good positive signs in the uh, preseason or which ones are making teams and maintaining spots on teams it's always been a relatively easy process i've felt so i haven't really felt it to be anything like a burden and the similar trends hold true for them too so it's not like we have to do a whole bunch of extra research for what makes a good player and a bad player um but I, I kind of want to do an overview of part of why I say undrafted free agents don't matter. So check check the list out here. Um, Adam Thielen, Philip Lindsay, Adam Humphreys, Doug Baldwin, Robbie Anderson, CJ Anderson, LeGarrette Blount, Tyrell Williams, Isaiah Crowell, Danny Woodhead, Alan Hearns, Chris Ivory, Arian Foster, Joyke Bell... Matt Asiata, I'm, I'm not even a quarter of the way through my list here, guys, but you probably can recognize that these players all have some things in common. They're either a wide receiver or a running back or finished in the top 24 at their position in at least one year and were undrafted free agents. If we skip over to look at that on a yearly basis, um, a minimum, well, not a minimum, but between uh, three and four players or more who are undrafted free agents finish in the top 24 every year at their position and that's going back to all the way to 2012 to give you some perspective on that there were three in 2018 there were four in 2017 there were exactly four but four different ones uh well three three of them are different in 2016 and 2015 there are four of them in 2014, the year that all those well-drafted wide receivers broke out. There are actually six undrafted free agents who finished in the top 24 at their position, which gets kind of overlooked given all the draft capital that was flying around that year. And 2013, there were five. 2012, there were, wow, there were eight undrafted free agents who finished in the top 24 at their position at running back or wide receiver in 2012. So we've got some highs and we've got some lows. Um, but the point is, every year, there are players who are undrafted who finish in the top 24. And those are very valuable fantasy seasons. If we break that down, looking all the way back to 2000 and look at the wide receiver's position, about 8% of all top 24 wide receiver seasons have been produced since 2000 by undrafted free agents if we undrafted free agents if we skip over to running back about 11% or 11.5% of all top 24 running back seasons since 2000 have been produced by undrafted free agents i don't know why any rational thinking person wouldn't be interested in undrafted free agents if they're interested in fantasy football like that those aren't high numbers and they're hard to find cuz there are more to sift through yes but I promise you, when you go to the waiver wire to find these guys, there's some degenerate like me in your league, if it's a competitive league, that already has either had them on their watch list or already on their roster and that one or two spots they hold open for this kind of speculation. And the value added to your team by getting an, uh, an Adam Thielen, or maybe that's too high, by getting um, a CJ Anderson before anyone else knows about them is extreme. Like, it's you don't get as much value as drafting Saquon Barkley 101 overall, obviously. 
But think about the cost to investment ratio you're getting with even someone like CJ Anderson versus Saquon Barkley. And CJ Anderson's been relevant for multiple seasons now. Nothing like Saquon Barkley or even like, um, uh, I'm struggling to pull another running back out my air right now. Um, but any of the top five, top six or top 12 drafted running backs, that's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying it is relevant. It is important. It could have been a huge value swing in a season. And in Dynasty, you could have flipped or modified that value into draft picks, into other players. So let's just go a little deeper. I'm doing surface stuff here, but let's go a little deeper. If we look at the top 24 wide receivers since 2000, the highest number of wide receivers in any one year that has finished inside the top 24 is four which isn't a lot, but again, four wide receivers out of 24, that's not so bad. Running backs at six, and this is actually a pattern that persists. Running backs tend to hit more often in every way, right? More often and more often early, as we tend to say with drafted players. Undrafted free agents are new different. Interestingly enough, for the wide receiver position, the second year is the most common breakout year for undrafted free agents. So it's not like we shouldn't expect production in any kind of uh, extended manner than we would drafted players either. Most of them, or the highest number of them, break out in their second year. But the other thing that we know about players drafted outside the third round is that they actually have a shot at breaking out in year four, five, six, seven, whereas players drafted in round one and even round two and three, their chances of breaking out after year three declines so they actually have an extended breakout win window or a longer period of time when these undrafted guys or any player drafted outside the first three rounds actually could have a chance at being relevant and the story behind that makes obvious sense i mean players drafted and that's why they're more valuable and and more break out more often and have much higher ceiling and players that are drafted in the first three rounds get given opportunity and they get given it more early in their career and to a greater extent. Like they're going to be fed a little bit rather than having to earn it necessarily like anyone drafted outside the first three rounds. So players with that kind of opportunity who don't break out or don't impress their team in those first three years are obviously much more less likely to keep getting it. They've fed them opportunity. They've given them opportunity. They've seen what they've got. Undrafted guys are climbing the depth chart at best, or hopefully sticking to a depth chart. Two quick rules when looking at undrafted free agents, and really never hold out more than one spot on your roster to speculate on a wide receiver and maybe one for a running back outside the third round, because it really is a low hit rate when you consider the number of players that are undrafted or even drafted outside the first three rounds. It's just a bigger pool of players, and that's part of why the hit rate's lower. So we have to get better at siphoning or thinning that pool of players into a smaller category of likely hits. Again, that's why I think we should think of them as someone that matters and invest more time, not less, because there's a lower hit rate. But anyway, two quick rules. A wide receiver that sticks to a depth chart like uh, Cameron Meredith and Tyrell Williams did for the first couple of years, um, that is a positive sign. It doesn't mean they're more likely to break out, but it does mean it does seem to mean they're less likely to break out if they don't stick to a depth chart. So someone like Kershaw Hogan, who I was interested in because of his production in college, he went to a decent team as an undrafted free agent. I saw some positive signs from him early on in terms of getting opportunity or seeming to work with Larry Fitzgerald a little bit. But the fact is that he got dropped from the team, fell to the practice squad, fell off the practice squad, and ended up on the Colts. 
Like, you can't say that condemns him, but when you're looking for anything to give you some kind of signal, I would much rather roster Dion Kane, who was an undrafted free agent and went to the Colts and remained on the Colts. An undrafted free agent continually earning a roster spot, especially after 53-man cuts twice, that's impressive. Still might not mean anything, we're still talking a relatively low hit rate, but it's something I try and pay attention to. And the other one is simply off-season news. That's where the narratives and the stories and whether they're getting reps, that's where I think they almost have more value. Because you can weight that against how likely it is for an undrafted free agent to do it. With running backs, you're still looking for similar things. You're looking for three-down skill set, you're looking for off-season news, you're looking for any positive signs that the team disproportionately to the fact that they were undrafted, is getting use and wants to see more of them, right? And again, the same rules apply for undrafted free agents as as wide receivers. You want running backs, or you expect running backs, to do more and get more positive news early than you do wide receivers. So you can fade running backs early. And one other positive value note uh, for Dynasty especially that I want to put out there for undrafted free agents, not only is their breakout window longer, but they also revolve in and out of relevance quicker so you know or not that i'm encouraging to trade adam thielen like there's a certain level of hit that you just bet on right and adam thielen's already got there but you also know with undrafted free agents that they revolve in and out the league and my old the thing i've been trying to say it with lately is you know coaches like the smell of their own farts i probably have to come up with something a little less juvenile than that but it's the same idea that um coaches eventually going to lean on draft capital for whatever reason you think they do that and that means you can believe more fully in the idea that an undrafted free agent is someone you should flip for value when they rise so right now you've got justin jackson not justin jackson sorry austin eckler who i really believe in i think he's a good player but i think we can feel more confident trading him because he was undrafted right? It's not that you wouldn't want to get full value. It's not that we don't like that Mel- for, for Eckler, at least, that Melvin Gordon might hold out. But we also know coaches are eventually going to fade him, or we think they are more likely to. Same with Chris Carson. Obviously, the player's proven himself. And say what you like about Seattle, but the trend is undeniable, and it exists with Seattle, this coaching staff as well. They fade players f- in favor of drafted guys. Now, one of us... Th- tendencies might be to think that's because at the end of the day people that are drafted are better i want and that's the other thing i really want to in some point in the future really dig into that assumption i think we know very 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 well at this point that the nfl draft is a really inefficient system for selecting talent let alone players to play in the nfl you can't have a Randy Moss and Adam Thielen and Arian Foster. You can't have that level of hit falling past all 32 teams seven times, going to undrafted free agency, and then just the team that happens to sign them first because they need someone for camp or they're interested in something they saw on film. You can't have that level of hit happen once, let alone as many times as it's happened, and not notice that sometimes the most talented players in a draft class get undrafted the nfl draft isn't just inefficient it's sometimes leaving the best talent we may see for for five six years at a position go undrafted it's not that drafted players are necessarily more talented you can think about it in terms of likelihood sure but it's much more likely that like anyone else in the world we 
NFL coaches, uh, talent evaluators are led by things that don't have signal, that aren't repetitive, but they believe in. There are inefficiencies here. There are very, very clearly inefficiencies here. So I think it's more likely that undrafted free agents fade quicker because of that lean on draft capital. You can think the opposite. We just have to follow the same trend, right? We can make whatever story we want as long as we're following what gets us right more than 50% of the time, and therefore we beat the average and hopefully everyone else in our league. So some undrafted free agents that are being drafted right now, I thought I'd point this out because obviously we're aware of it, right? The, the undrafted free agents being drafted in the top 150 right now in Dynasty, so significant. Adam Thielen, Damian Williams, Philip Lindsay, Robbie Anderson, Geronimo Allison. Well, I think you could probably fade at this point, guys. Um, Austin Eckler, Trey Burton, Matt Breeder, Jarek McKinnon, Peyton Barber, all are being drafted in the top 150. Tyra Williams is being drafted inside the 100, top 170, and he's had a top 24 season before, and I think he's getting slightly overlooked. If you don't like Antonio Brown, I think you should be really invested in uh, Tyrell Williams, at least at the wide receiver position. Honestly, I'm happy with both, um, especially at their different values. Some guys that you might not, you might be forgetting on that list. Trey Burton is an undrafted free agent. Tight ends don't show up as undrafted free agents very often at all. That's why I've been focusing on wide receiver and running back. But the fact he became a top twelve is significant in and of itself. And I kind of like the story that uh, he was an undrafted free agent as well. And, you know, he, he's fairly cheap in Dynasty right now. I'm not saying he's more likely to continue it. I actually think Adam Shaheen is a really interesting prospect behind him. But I just wanted to point it out. I sent out a few trades just to own another undrafted free agent, to be honest with you, who's who's done good, who's done gone and done good. Um, Malcolm Brown is going outside the top 150 and the top 170, which is really crazy when we consider all our concerns with Gurley. Um, undrafted free agent. He is going into like his fifth year now. But again, undrafted free agents tend to have a longer breakout window. So I think that can be make us a little more interested in them. Um, so I just want to throw some of those names out there. I've been throwing them out over the offseason as well. For example, I've mentioned Tim Patrick with the return of Manuel Sanders. That puts uh, much more of a dimmer on the Tim Patrick train than Cortland Sutton ever did for me. Um, I've also mentioned... Uh, at, Kendrick Bourne in San Francisco is my undrafted free agent of the year. He's a guy I'm trying to make sure I have everywhere. Just because I think it was impressive that he had 12% of targets last year as an undrafted free agent. And I think that depth chart's fairly weak. Um, one that I recently posted on Patreon is uh, Damian Willis has just been told, there's literally a Roto-World blurb saying Damian Willis is going to play the AJ Green role while he's out to absolutely no one's fanfare. Like, this is a guy who's obviously not going to be A.J. Green, but the team's already decided an undrafted free agent in his first year, that's impressive, is going to play the X for them. So not only is it impressive, but that's free snaps, free targets, free points on your waiver hour right now. You might not ever need to start him. He might do terribly with those snaps. He's an undrafted free agent with one good year of production at age 21. It's not like he's a bulletproof prospect. He is over five foot two, he is over 200 pounds, so he seems like a big body wide receiver that we used to really, really like, 
So there's an option. So there's potential there. If nothing else, it's likely free bottom-end wide receiver production on your waiver wire. And if you're leaning heavy running back in any draft format, free wide receiver production should be doubly interested in you. And if he does anything, you can feel better about trading him because you know the team's more likely to fade him for someone they draft later on. I've had Josh Malone on that very same roster for a similar reason. He's been holding on to that spot on the team for about two years now, and I thought that was impressive. And he had better college production than Damian Willis. But the fact it sounds like Damian Willis has jumped over Josh Malone and everyone else to get to the replace AJ Green role, and maybe it won't happen, but that's what the team's saying right now. That's really significant to me. That makes me more start to think I should drop Josh Malone anywhere I have him in that one undrafted free agent spot. And I'm starting to add Damian Willis instead. You can go either way, but I think it's a name you should know. And I think one of the main reasons we don't know about him, like I think if a third round draft pick had a Roto World blurb right now saying he's going to take over AJ Green just for the little time that AJ Green's out, like he'd be worth a first by now. Maybe not, but he'd definitely be known. Like if you knew that name before I mentioned it, then good for you. Because I, I, I haven't heard anyone else mention him yet. Then again, I haven't listened to all my podcasts this week, so maybe I'm behind already. So I wanted to throw those two names out as well. And also another one from the running back, so not just Damian Willis, but I'm adding uh, James Williams, who I was really high on as one of the best receiving backs in this class. So he was dropped by the Chiefs before they got to camp. But he's still out there, and if he were to be signed by a team... I think that would make him a really interesting prospect as a receiving back. Um, there's a Roto World blurb out there right now saying he's been signed by the Chiefs, but I think that's one back from April. But still, I wanted to throw his name out there, someone to keep an eye out for that might be worth it. Um, one last thing that I want to know about undrafted free agents, just as an overview. Most of the undrafted free agents that might be relevant right now are hard to find. My MS database is pinned to my timeline. I'm about to update with most of the ones I just mentioned. The reason is, if like we're drafting these guys in the top 150 after they become relevant, but to find them before they're relevant, especially if you like research like me, is like the ultimate challenge in fantasy football. Most of them don't even get recorded before they record a snap. Some of them don't even get noted before they've had a top 24 season, or at least start, are starting to look like they might have. So... That's part of the big pool of undrafted free agents and the remarkable lack of attention we actually pay to them. Like, I've got undrafted free agents in my database going back to 2000 whose draft years are counted and they're inaccurate. That's not the year they declared for the NFL. That's not the year they first got an NFL team. It's just the first year they recorded a fantasy-relevant stat because the record-keeping for them is virtually non-existent. Um, and that for me, again, is almost something that encourages me. It means there's a lot of people that spend a lot of time breaking down football who are literally not breaking down this group. And if I tell you there's a group of players where 19% of top 24 seasons come from, where even the most avid fantasy football fans are paying almost no attention to them, because of inefficiencies in the NFL draft that they're aware of, but don't think matter in this particular instance. Like, what? why wouldn't you be interested in that group of players? Anyway, just a thought, just an overview, some of the reasons why I really think undrafted free agents matter. I really think it's worth at least knowing some of the names, putting them on your watch list. 
it's not hard to take them off when they don't do anything because most I want to say this real clear most will not do anything some will and I think the value return on that or at least the fun in having them on the ro- on your roster when they do has always just been worth it for me so you know get in the game come join some of uh, the degenerates like me who are hunting the least likely breakout group just for the fun of every now and again seeing it happen. And again, don't expect Adam Thielen. Expect Adam Humphreys. Don't expect Chris Carson. Expect Matt Breeder, who might do better this year, to be fair. So maybe that was a bad name to mention. I hope so. Anyway, guys, I got to get out of here. Hopefully this was interesting, or at least provided some perspective on drafted free agents. Uh, I'll try and get back next week with a more well-rounded, well-researched, and spreadsheeted show who knows and see you then thanks for coming to the crossroads and i will see you next week you're at the dynasty crossroads that film and analytics create the dynasty crossroads that film and analytics create Just numbers and Jake just grinds that tape. It's the Dynasty Crossroads where film is everything. The Dynasty Crossroads where numbers are the king. There may not be consensus, but we'll give you everything.